Welcome back. This is part two of my conversation with Todd Brooks. Let's get it. Rise up. Welcome to Rise Up Radar, where we keep the Falcons on your radar. Thank you for joining me, Stan Parker, for another episode. Let's have a ball and show. Like you talk about the reflection of 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 the personality of the, of the person in charge. That's such a good take because you think of like the Titans. Titans are so tough, like, like, uh, Vrabel is so tough and like hard nose and Pete Carroll. And like, you think of all the personalities of the head coach and even Bill, what's his name? Bill Belichick. He's kind of sneaky and kind of like just edgy, but same thing. I, that, that it's, it's lost. And, but here's the deal. The players know, everybody knows, but the players are coming out and saying, you know, we want to play hard for him and, 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 you know, we don't want him to lose his job and it's on us. No, no, no. Don't look at, don't look at him. We lost this game. It wasn't him out there. So I don't know what the, you know, there, there's an argument to be made that firing him is right now, isn't the right decision. Okay. So, you know, I'm not a big advocate of firing a coach in the middle of the season anyway. I never I have not, been. Me neither. But but in this situation, because he should have been fired last year, I don't want to give this guy any kind of opportunity to redeem himself at this point in a bunch of meaningless games at the end of the year, and then let's forfeit our draft position and just let's draft another average player. I want Dimitrov gone too. So Fire him too. Fire yeah, him tomorrow. Yeah. So it kind of reminds me of – excuse me, the Hawks were in, like, purgatory for, like, 10 years. They would make the playoffs, they would get a first-round exit, and they would get a number 14 or 15 15 overall pick. Of, like, the Falcons are doing, like, the same – like, 7-9. and nine. You know, you make – you get sniffed close to the playoffs, you get eliminated, you get a number 14 overall pick, 15 overall pick, and then you're back the same being mediocre. So, like, if we're going to do it, Let's just do it. Like cut bait. I would fire, you know, whenever I I'm not a big proponent of of like you said, firing in the middle of the season. But when I cut with if I was Mr. Blank, I would fire everybody who had a falcon on their shirt came to work. I would fire the water boy. I would fire everybody down to Maybe not the person who cleans the facilities because, well, maybe need to fire them too because we got some COVID sneak in. But uh, I would fire everyone, including Dimitrov. And, heck, I might even look at Pioli and uh, the other one, the one up, Rich McKay. So, anyway, that's just, like, you know, my hot take right is now. Pioli, pretty, is Pioli still there, though? I thought Pioli – Maybe not. Maybe that's an old already. That might be an old name. So, but yeah. Yeah, uh, he he used to be a GM himself, but I don't think he's there anymore. I think he actually left the organization last year. Yeah, he got like hit. That was like some weird like around his name. It was like some he got moved into the office. He got like moved around and essentially got fired without getting fired. So, yeah. Um. Um. 
Okay, so the interesting thing now is that the Falcons are in sole possession of last place because Carolina won a game today. They beat the San they well, I want to come to the San Diego Chargers, but the Los, the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers. You got to put a dollar in the jar if you call them the. Uh, <laughs> we're going to start a jar for you, Todd. The Las Vegas Raiders. No, it's yeah, the Las Vegas. Was it the Las 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 Vegas? Wait, who are they again? That's it's the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the LA, the LA, LA Chargers. LA Chargers. LA Chargers. You got the LA Rams. LA Rams. Okay. All right. Continue. LA Chargers. They beat the LA Chargers. Now we are in last place, baby. We are defeated, not undefeated. Defeated. So can they sustain this? Can they go defeated? Um. Well, you like zero and sixteen? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. No, probably not. That statistic show you that doesn't happen very often. I think the only team that went 0-16 recently was uh, the Detroit Lions, maybe 2008. That's how they ended up getting Matthew Stafford, who's their number one draft choice. Yeah. And they went 0-16 that year, but 0-16 is a very rare thing. I mean, the Falcons are going to win a game eventually. I just – but are they in contention for the worst record in the NFL? Yes. Yeah, boy. Definitely. Are right. they the worst team in the NFL right now? It's debatable, but uh, definitely defensively they are. And uh, your offense is pretty good. Yes, the one good side of the ball, but that's the side that failed you today. So I don't I, – I mean, I think that could be – so that's where we probably need to – I you know, I want to kind of get into this a little bit too because I listened to your podcast with Zach the other night. I know you don't agree with me about tanking to get the number one draft choice because of the uncertainty of <laughs> – <laughs> if um, the draft choice is going to work out or not, you know. But let me ask you this: Let's just, yeah, you know, put a, put a, um, let's put it theoretically. Let's put it in the in the hat. Right now. The, the hypothetical. Yeah, the hypothetical. So, if the Falcons did finish with the worst record in the NFL, as they're on pace to right now, who would you draft? That's the thing. Uh, okay, so. We could go, I mean, we could go like by name and we could do like Trevor Lawrence or the biggest defensive star or whatever, like that. But I think I would go, um, right now when it's such an early in the season in, in the college football ranks, that I might even just go with what position would you draft. And the question now becomes whether you draft obviously Trevor Lawrence or do you draft a quarterback of the future at this juncture? And my opinion is different than your opinion. And my opinion is no. My opinion is probably get the most uh, unmissable talent that you could get at defensive end is be my, uh, uh, my, my, my guess. And that's, uh, that's or not my guess, but my take on it right now, like as it sits right now. And I know, you're about to spit a bunch of stuff at me, but that's where I, I am. I, yeah, right. Well, let me. So, because Matt Ryan's not the problem, he is, uh, he's still in the prime of his career. I don't have his numbers on it yet, but he still has some left in the tank. He's 35. You still got five years of it with him, four years left with him. And if you drafted Trevor Lawrence, you can't sit him on the, on the, on the bench for three, four years, can you? No, no, he's got to play immediately. He's got to play. Well, I don't know about immediately because the whole deal with Pat Mahomes seemed to work out pretty good. Uh, they did it with, uh, they're doing it with Jordan Love and they're doing it with uh, Aaron Rodgers. So um, 
I mean, obviously Jordan Love is take that out. That's that that didn't make sense. But you know, it's been they've been stashed before and let them learn for a year and then let them blossom. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but I'd be curious to hear. Uh, no, 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 I do know. I would go defensive end or some kind of defensive talent. Like just the if I could find a you know generational JJ Watt. Aaron Donald, I would go for that. So, all right, what are your thoughts for that? Okay, so I totally disagree with you on this. Um, I I think Matt Ryan, and I I do agree with you about some things. Matt Ryan is still an elite-level quarterback. He always has been. He's been a great Atlanta Falcon. But at 35, you have to ask yourself a couple of questions. Number one, is he going to be able to win a Super Bowl in Atlanta at this point? And I think the answer, I'm about 80% sure the answer is no at this point, uh, just because of his age, uh, the fact that he's been there before, the fact that our, our our front office just doesn't seem to have any idea what they're doing, the fact that we have a lame duck coach at this point. We need to figure out something else to do. And I think that, you can't turn down the opportunity if you have a number one draft pick to not draft Trevor Lawrence because he is considered a generational talent. Now, sure, the guy could come in and he could flake out. He may he may be the worst, the biggest NFL bust later. It's happened before. Uh, most notably, uh-huh. Tim Couch in 99 when he was drafted by the Cleveland Browns, he was a bust. He did not turn out well. In fact, I believe the was that the year that Achilles Smith also was drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals? I believe And so. he was a bust, too. Yeah. So, it's happened before, but but from everything I've seen, you know, just having seen Trevor Lawrence play and the way that he's played against top-notch competition in the uh, college football playoffs, because he definitely doesn't get to do that in the uh, ACC, they, I think they, Trevor they Lawrence game is year. the guy. <laughs> they, they, they play two. They get two playoffs. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. They play two. Yeah. <laughs> they get two playoff games, and, you know, they might get tested by North Carolina or something, but North Carolina doesn't have those kind of players. Um, but because he is such a generational talent, I think you have to draft him for two reasons. Number one, he could be your quarterback of the future, and you could have him for a long time. You're looking at, you know, maybe a 15- to 20-year window with him, whereas the, the door's closing on Matt Ryan. You only have five years, and you can still get something in return for him now. So that's how you go and get defense. And you get a top-notch quarterback as well. And, and look, Trevor Lawrence, he's going to come in here. He couldn't fail. He's got targets to throw to. He's got Julio to throw to. He's got Calvin Ridley to throw to. Um, and, and we need to up our game at running back, too. I think that's a position of, of need that we need to, to uh, actually address in the offseason as well. We, we've got to get some fresh legs in there. But um, the Falcons have a lot of things that are wrong. But I think Trevor Lawrence, you just you have to pull the trigger on that. And you'd be doing Matt Ryan a favor, too, because you could trade him to a contender who actually needs a quarterback, and he could win a Super Bowl with them. And then, you, you know, as a Falcon fan, you kind of, well, I wish that was us. But I, I think you could do him a favor, too. Okay, so I disagree with you pretty hardcore on uh, uh, the drafting Trevor – tanking and getting – just getting into the position I disagree with. But – uh, but the Trevor Lawrence thing, I'm more open-minded to it because you laid it out so good. You're so eloquent with your words there, Todd. But for the simple fact that, which pains, dude, it's like 
this is groundbreaking stuff, and it kind of hit me a little bit while we we're thinking about talking about like emotionally, like how like Matt Ryan's been in the league for like 13 years, and like year 14 he gets shipped out of town. But if you could get, if you could trade him to somebody like a veteran team, that you know I couldn't even think of somebody right now, as long as they're not in the division. If you could trade them out west somewhere and get their top notch, a top notch talent, or some maybe some picks for him, that you could put. I could be talked into that. Now, whether or not Arthur, Uncle Arthur, and Dimitrov still currently sitting in the seat are that bold is re- remain to be seen. I mean, honestly. And I don't know if Dimitrov, like you've been, we've been chronicling the whole time, I don't know if Dimitrov's going to make it to draft night. So hopefully he won't. Hopefully he will not make it to draft night because he's busted the draft anyway every year well yeah. in fresh blood it's, i think it's, it's the truth because i mean i feel like thomas dimitrov is as mediocre as is you know i think you could go down the list and i could sit down in an hour and a pad of paper and go down through his draft and come up with a pretty good list of hey he done pretty good but then also like you know what i'm saying he's like right in the middle i feel like he's like right in the middle just enough to be mediocre therefore he's not great you know what i'm saying so uh, i'm in favor of so like sometimes you want to kill him sometimes you're like hey you know what pretty good pick so um but if if you went back okay just a second if you go back and you look at the drafts so by the so-called experts that actually graded the drafts over dimitrov's last 10 years you're going to find that they're in either the low C's or the D's. And I think one year they were even an F more often than they're an A. I think this year maybe they got a B. B something, yeah, B. Yeah, B yeah. plus. But, yeah. but most of the time it's lower than that. And yeah, these are the guys, you know, supposedly know. And I haven't seen anything on the field that shows me he's drafted. He's drafted a couple of good players here and there. But, you know, more often than not, they'll fall in love with somebody from Division II. And, and those are great football players. Don't get me wrong. But – I want to see some of the big horses from the SEC in Atlanta, where they belong, where a southern city, play in the south, southeastern conference universities are surrounding Atlanta everywhere. Atlanta's the hub. Need to get some SEC guys. Got to. I I agree with you on that. I like to see some SEC talent in here. so, and I agree with you that Demetrio has to go because I think you have to bring continuity too. Because if you cut, I mean, just the same thing with you know that it, it's just too much lingering. When they when they fired all their coordinators, it was just too much like lingering and not enough continuity. We spent two years trying to find something. Here's okay. Let me just let me rant a little bit about this. They brought in Sarkeesian to run someone else's offense. That he has never ran before. Right. Kyle Shanahan ran that West Coast offense. And so they said, you know what? Kyle Shanahan got us at a they this is our unofficial, unofficial acceptance or admission that you know what? Kyle Shanahan got us to that Super Bowl. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna go out and we're gonna keep Kyle Shanahan's offense without having Kyle Shanahan. And so we're going to, so he's going to leave and we're going to bring someone in here. We've got this concept that we know that Kyle Shanahan likes. So we're going to bring someone in here to run this. And they say, Hey, Steve Sar- Sarkeesian, have you ever called a play in the NFL? No. Have you ever, 
you know, manage the NFL team like this? No. Um, have you ever ran the West Coast offense, though? No. You're the man for the job. Come on in. Here's the keys to the Ferrari. We scored, we, we set, we set records last year. We have, you know, the best offense last year. We have all this. These are the keys to the Ferrari. Don't screw it up. Don't wrap it around a tree. Don't drive in a ditch. It's for yours. Do you know how to drive a stick? No, it doesn't matter. Let's get out here and make it happen. So they gave me a year. Horrible. Imagine that second year better, like doing better learning, you know, had a football mind and was learning and said, ah, oh, no, 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 long enough. So, all right, now we still have this concept. We are chasing the ghost of Kyle Shanahan. Okay, now we have this, Kyle Shanahan's offense. Hey, Dirk Cutter, you've been here before. Have you ever ran the West Coast offense? No. Do you like throwing the tight ends? No. You like throwing the, running the stretch play? I mean, I guess you're the man for the job. Come on in. Do you like running, do you like running the ball, period? Do you like really running the ball? Yeah, do you like running the ball at all? No, not really. You know what? You're our guy. Come on in, and we'll give you the you know, hometown discount, and we're going to expect you to be Kyle Shanahan 3.0. Has he been Kyle Shanahan 3.0? No. no. And he's going to get fired this year when they clean house. So, like, that's two years. You know, that's four years down the drain of chasing the ghost of Kyle Shanahan. When they could have just went out and found some college guys, when they could have just found some no-name college coordinator, they run the West Coast offense in the West Coast. Pac-12 and all that stuff out there, man. They've run the spread. They've run the draws. They've run the stretch. They do all that. There's people in the you know NFL universe that run that stuff, and they didn't. Inter- well, they might have interviewed them, but they didn't hire any of those people. So that's my rant on that. Yeah, um, I probably wouldn't go and look at a Pac-12 guy, though, because <laughs> those schools typically play very finesse football. They're not physical at all. Yeah. And I wouldn't – well, I mean, their offenses are more like what you'd see in the NFL. That's true. But I, I just kind of feel like if you brought a – the only Pac-12 guy I can think of that's had a lot of success over the last you know, 20 years or so was Pete Carroll. But he was in the NFL before he was at USC. He was right. with the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. So – he already has some experience. And, too, he kind of cheated. So, I mean, hey, there's that. So, Nah, I'm sort of cheated. Sort of cheated. Um, sort but... of cheated. <laughs> um, so, how are you feeling about the 2020 Falcons right now, Todd? What's, 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 if, you're, if you're going to give me uh, – if you're going to give me one word and one phrase, how are you going to describe the 2020 Falcons to me? <sighs> or are your feelings, at least? My feelings. Okay. So, um, uh, expected. <laughs> same old, same old. Yeah. On brand. <laughs> yeah. Typical. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, there's no, no surprises here. I mean, I try to act surprised on Twitter, but, uh, I mean, he threw that pick at the end. I just, I mean, I turned the TV off and was like, I mean, I'm going for a drive. I mean, I knew that was, I, I call it like, yeah, golly. I just so like, you know, Falcons going to Falcons. So, um, but there are some positives. I, everybody, these do make for entertaining podcasts. And um, we're going to record again this week sometime. Um, Todd, if you don't mind jumping back on with us, and we'll, we'll look forward to Green Bay, all the positive things we could extrapolate out from Green Bay. So, uh, sure. Okay. So, Right now, just before we even start talking about that later in the week, do you think we have 
any chance at all to beat the Green Bay Packers and Lambeau Field? Any chance? Yes. I'd love to hear this, Stan. Tell me why you think that the Falcons could beat the Green Bay Packers because my answer to that is 100% no. I'm going to say 98% chance that the Green Bay Packers win that game. I get the Falcons 2%. Well, here, okay, 2%. We'll take 2%, but, you know, I would go a little higher than that because there's no home field advantage, right? And there's – I mean, there's not going to be as crazy screaming fans. Okay, it's Monday Night Football. It's a pretty big stage. All the whole nation's watching. But, Ugh. I mean, they got to play us too now. You know, we got – we'll score 26 on them in the first three quarters. So, look out. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. The Green Bay Packers – are an excellent offensive team. They have Aaron Rodgers. Who's today, he? <laughs> who's he? Uh, and then today, we were playing Mitch Trubisky, who got pulled out of the game. Benched. And we let Nick Foles come in the game and just pass all over us. If we let Nick Foles come again, I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback because he, you know, he led Philadelphia to the Super Bowl, but if we let Nick Foles come in the game and just pass all over us and just dominate a game, he passed for something like 188 yards on us in the third and fourth quarters, then how, what are we going to do with Aaron Rodgers, man? They're probably going like, to have to throw for 700 yards on us at this point. I just don't see any way we win that game. All right. I just can't see it. Todd, there's always hope. Sir. It's all, there's always hope. And it's like just like Dumb and Dumber, so you're telling me there's a chance. But okay, if what here's my here before you get started again, if we're gonna lose, I would rather get, I would rather lose the whole game instead of giving me hope and only lose in the last minute. Just saying, that's my. That's I mean, I don't. I mean, I like looking good for a while. I'd rather look good for a while. I have the opposite perspective on that. I'd rather look good for a while and lose with just a disappointing loss than to get blown out 42. Because if we got blown out 42 to nothing, then I'm mad. I'm angry. I'm probably throwing things. I I just, you know, my wife can't handle that. Yeah. (laughs) I hope not. Uh, So, 42 to nothing is just a bad day in the office. But, but, you know, 42 to 41 in the last second – when you're up 15 in the in the fourth fourth quarter, now you become a joke. Now you become a punchline, in the, around the NFL. 42 to nothing's a bad day in the office. No one showed up. I mean, but uh, 42 to 41 losing the big lead is like ineptitude and incompetence, and you know, I I don't know. That's that was just kind of my my thought there. Just being embarrassed like that. Like, well, I guess 42 to nothing is embarrassing too. But like, I don't know. Yeah, so, so Stan, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. So, bringing Dan Quinn back and not firing Dan Quinn is the very definition of insanity. We ended up doing that again after he (sighs) wins six or seven games here at the end of the year to save his job. Okay, so let me ask you this. This this would be a a key point to kind of bring up here. What are the Falcons playing for? From now till the end of the season, what are we playing for? What are we playing for? Uh, I guess would be uh, the 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 what do you call that? The cliche answer is pride and Dan Quinn's job is my my answer. So you would say that we're not playing for a playoff spot at this point? 
That'd be a negative on that one, Ghost Rider. I mean, it's statistically, they're not eliminated yet, but we're working on it. Yeah, statistically, they're not eliminated yet. There actually have been a few teams that have started off 0-3 that made the NFL playoffs. However, it has been 22 years since that happened. I think the 98 Buffalo Bills were the last team that did that. Right, and so and, when you start talking like that is when you're trying to add something positive to your, you know, to your hat. So whenever the people start saying, well, you know – 22% of teams that go 0-3 make the play. You know, like, so, like, whenever you start getting percentages and 0-3 stuff, you're just hunting for something positive. Just like baseball stats. They could put anything on a stat mm-hmm. in baseball. So, uh, but, yeah, I, I don't think they're playing for – I don't think you're jockeying for positioning right now. No. No, I, I would agree. Right now we're competing for the number one draft choice. Let's bring it on. Trevor Lawrence. Let's bring it on. All right, Todd. I'm gonna call it right there, brother. How are you? Uh, I think we'll uh, we'll do this again coming up later on. Uh, you got anything else to add to uh, say to the people? Uh, I'm out. Of, I'm a loss for words right now. Thanks for supporting the Atlanta Falcons. Still, that's every, what I have to say to the people. Yeah, everybody. You know, save your liver. You know, don't drink too much. Uh, don't let this get you down this week. Uh, there'll be more podcasts to come. There'll be more in-depth reviews to come. Uh, if you like what you heard tonight, go ahead and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. If you like what you heard tonight, go ahead and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Rise Up Radar. And until next time, Falcons fans, and it's tough to be a Falcons fan right now. but It is. Rise up. <laughs>